This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. I love when we find out about collectives, um, people spreading the word on art, spreading the word on interest, people who have, it's just the way to go, whether you're, we had Jacob on yesterday on voices, whether say you're, you're editing music, editing productions, podcasts, whatever it might be. I just love that network of people who relate to it, who can say, yeah, this is what product we use to do this. This is the kind of comedy we have as, as a group we're trying to put together or getting the word out there. I, I find always, I don't want to say safety in numbers, but that voice, that Unity, unified yeah. voice rum, exactly. right? The unified voice. So, it, so tremendous. And Fedora's off to that gang. And Disability Collective, by the way, it's it, it feels like a small but mighty group. They've been doing mm-hmm. so much with live theater, especially in Toronto. Um, whether the theater experience is innately accessible or it's just uh, uh, people trying their best to get accessibility moving. Uh, also, different right. theater spaces are now, uh, as soon as you go into the theater space, you know that there's going to be the disability collective presence there, which is so nice. Like when it becomes a trusted, reliable experience for. Uh, Torontonians with disabilities to say, hey, I want to go check out an art, um, you know, experience. I wonder, uh, I don't have to wonder. I know which spaces are no, going to have this available exactly. to me. It's lovely. You have the resource. And so many places, I know years ago, we try to do different things and you had to do some of this business, gather that research yeah. to show, hey, we need grants for this. We need to get things started so there's accessibility this way or another or places that were saying, listen, I now know there's a program to get access to make this place more accessible through government money and whatever. Mm. And that all started from organizations like this saying, we'll gather the information and we'll get it into you. We'll do the legwork. And we are so much richer because of that. Absolutely. And it's work in progress. We all know that, but sometimes so it's so. hard and to... And it will be. Eh? Yeah, but sometimes it's hard to digest because we're like, we want everything right now. And then now, like, now. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this performance is available with audio description, but why did only two people show up in a you know sea full of blind people? Or why is only one show? Or yeah. when it's, and, and, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's at two o'clock, I would like the evening works for me. You know, it's so hard to please everybody and to get it to where it worked without you starting to say, well, it's only Kelly and Rumya sitting there. Maybe this isn't worthwhile financially. And you don't want to hear that. The the process of trust is a big one for the community, right? To be able to build it and they shall come. Hopefully, eventually. Um, We talk some kind of employment on Wednesdays at this time. And today we have our once a month visit with Alicia Yardley. Hi, I'm Alicia Yardley, your HR specialist. Join me for career and employment advice right here on Kelly and Ramya. Alicia, it's nice to have you back. Thanks for having me. I was uh, on vacation last month, and so I was in sunny Cancun, and now I'm mm. in Bray, oh. Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are you going back to Cancun? Because, you know... It sounds nice over there. No, no, she's desiring to go back to Cancun, especially with all our dark that we've had in Toronto dark, through dreary. Southwest Ontario. Really dark, dark, dreary. I, I've said that I really think we need to set up a satellite HR office there. Um, <laughs> so satellite I, production know, studios, everything. Yeah, it, that's going to be really important going forward, guys. So yeah, I am please. working on it. Um, I've got a meeting with David. We'll see. 
Thanks. Memo, David, we're moving can, the whole network. Yeah, you can both come on our next <laughs> roundtable and we'll ask you probing questions about this initiative. A am I Cantoon? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Alicia, this is kind of um, not just small talk because we're talking about employee wellness, especially around this time of year. Uh, there's so much more mental health and emotional awareness for us to bring up in context of work, in employment and flexibility, all these different things. So let's talk about the changes. Is there significant change in employee wellness when we get to this fall, this winter, and how so? Oh, 100%. I think everybody is aware of the, you know, the February blahs. Yep. But I, I think as we get further into the fall, the days get shorter, they get darker. Um, you know, people have a lot of things that they might need to wrap up at work. And so people are stressed, they're burned out. Um, people are feeling pretty over it. Um, and then, you know, there's the excitement of Christmas. Um which again, for some people might bring some maybe less than happy memories. And then in mm -hmm. January, I think there's the after, yeah, the after Christmas and New Year's effect. So, you know, the fall and winter can be very hard months for Canadians um, or anybody really living in a Northern climate. And I think for employees, that's where employee mental health will definitely change. It's interesting because I think about what time of the year seems to be the toughest. You'll always hear people say, well, Christmas is a tough time. There's so many different reasons or or dark November or, you know, when it gets mm -hmm. to the spring for some people it's, it's, or, or excuse me, the, the over the winter time. Um, we don't seem to hear or say a lot about the summer in that. But there's got to be people that struggle w with those times, too. Um, and different parts of the world, uh, uh, these times are going to be different as well. So with the weather... And people inside a lot more. Do you feel that it affects that work-life balance? I think it does um, because I think as people are inside more, people don't feel as much like they want to go out. Um, yeah. What happens is that people dedicate more time to their work um, because it's something to do. Um, and I think that was something that we noticed when people were working from home. Um, you know, it, it, it that was very challenging for people uh, to separate work and home. And I think that's something as we deal with a post-COVID employment uh, paradigm, I think that that is something that we're going to continue to see. Um, you know, I, I know for, for me, and I'm not saying that this is good, um, but if I'm doing like a staycation, if I'm, you know, taking a day off and I, you know, I really, I'll know that I really need it, but, um, I will check my email because it's like, just in case something happened and then boom, I'm maybe sucked into something. Um, and then it's, oh, well, I should really work on this one thing. And, and so then it's like my own work-life balance, um, will mm -hmm. go out the window. And so, and I think that is something that I hear from, you know, people out, you know, from friends, from people in different industries is that there, there's a really big challenge when you're not really going out, you're not really, um, going out with friends and, and you may be as well, but, um, when it's a little bit more of that, like homey wanting to just kind of stay home, it's going to be a lot harder to separate and, and just sign off for the night. Yeah. Yeah. And depending yeah, on how, working from home. 
Yes, exactly. Because depending on how you've already felt about work, like let's say you used to be the person that goes into the office five days a week and then circumstances have drastically changed for you, th there's almost this underlying anxiety, right, um, that comes with making sure you're showing that you're dedicated to work, making sure that you're checking yeah. in with your teams. Like you might feel that as an employee, you got to do more to keep in contact. And it could easily be something as... Um, you know, straightforward as you miss everybody, like you miss the office, you miss the people. So that can bleed into all these other circumstances, Alicia, as you point out, including like, oh, I want to just catch up on this one quick project or uh, I want to work ahead on this one quick thing. And yeah, it, you have to like, I guess, enforce your own boundaries, which is way easier yeah. said than done when it's just gray, gray area. And I felt that when I started working from home years ago, before mm, everybody mm -hmm. else was, I had yeah. the privilege of being yeah. a Londoner working in Toronto. I would feel I've got to be accountable. I've got to make sure I'm reachable it, to where it got to a fault. And and even at times when, hey, man, hold it, I'm off the clock. Yeah. 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 Well, I uh -huh. totally agree with you. Um, just, yeah, it's it's that difficulty in remembering. And Rami, I, I like what you said about setting your own boundaries, um, which is easier said than done. And so for for me personally, I've had to just shut my phone off and like put it mm -hmm. away so that I'm not looking at it. Um, I, I'm sometimes though I don't follow my own rule, even though I will okay. tell employees that they should do that. Right. Um. So it is. It's it's very hard when you're just accountable to yourself. And um, you know, I think to what I might do is I I tell my mother that I have a day off, and um, so then if I'm telling her about like something that's happening at work. She'll be like, it's your day off. What are you doing? So having my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Time too. Like I used to struggle with the fact that I had various times. Sometimes I worked on weekends. Sometimes I worked right. in the evening when I started doing TV and I would lose perspective of a day off of a working time. And it was a real struggle. Right. And it's not always a bad thing either, right? Like we have to no, remember no. that no. flexibility is becoming more of a, a broader or vague conversation around, you know, sometimes I may not be available on the Monday morning, but I worked ahead on the Sunday night or something like that. Like be, people are more, uh, it, we're having more like individual or catered conversations on and how these things are working as well right alicia absolutely and and that's why i'm seeing a lot more emails uh when i talk to people that they say my working hours may not be your working hours yeah. um and you know i have friends that um you know they might slack a little bit on a Monday morning, but then they're working until nine o'clock at In night and that's what works for right. them. They're getting their work done. Yeah. Um, I think where, and, and I think that is perfectly fine. And it, it, honestly, there have been times it's a Sunday. I just got back from the gym and I'll think, oh, I just had this really great idea about training. And so it, like, I think that is totally fine. I think where we run into trouble is when somebody is doing it just to prove their worth to the company or if it's because I don't want to feel alone, so I need to connect to work in this way. Mm-hmm. And the thing we have to, um, I guess, discuss with all of this context in mind is burnout. So let's talk about what it is. What is burnout? How do I know if I'm experiencing it? And where do I go? Like, how do I get supported through something like this? Yeah, so burnout is something that we talk a lot about. Um, 
And it is a huge concern um, amongst HR circles. Um, Burnout is basically when you have no gas left in the tank, emotionally, physically, you are just done. Um, And that can lead to anxiety. Um, It can lead to what we call presenteeism, where you're at your office or you're at your desk, but you're not really doing anything um, because it's just very hard to focus. Um, There are people that uh, will, you know, cry there. You might have fits of crying, anxiety, depression, um, thoughts about, well, what is, you know, am I a good employee? So you're questioning yourself. Um, Burnout is really just, again, it's, it's having no, gas left in your tank um, and just not being able to pull really from any reserves. And it is not someone's fault for getting burned out. Um, They didn't do anything to cause it. It just, it, it, it happens to people. Unfortunately, it doesn't mean they're bad people or good people. It just is, unfortunately, when we don't prioritize work life balance or, you know, if work life balance isn't sometimes a luxury that's afforded to people, it is a lot easier to reach that burnout stage. Oh, and it sucks that we still have to think of it as luxury for work-life balance, right? Or or you're weak or what's wrong with you because you can't do, why you burned out? You're working the same as everyone else. People, we've got to remember we're individuals and things get done and are done differently, aren't they? Absolutely. And, And I think this is where... Um, invisible disabilities sometimes um, because burnout can be can lead to you know disability in terms of anxiety yes. depression mental health disabilities and so sometimes there is a lack of understanding or a stigma surrounding well you must be doing something wrong or well why weren't you doing X or, you know, why did you take on so many projects when you knew it would lead to burnout? People, people do things for a variety of reasons. And, you know, I think we just need to be mindful of where our own reserves are. Um, Like I say to people, um, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, um, you know, and even on an airplane, um, you put on your own oxygen mask before you put on someone else's. And so it's really important to practice that self-care because once burnout happens, um, it can be very hard to come back from, Um, you know, somebody might need like time off um, in the form of vacation, it could even lead to a short-term disability claim. Um, so it, it does cost organizations. Um, it can lead to, you know, like I said, distractions, stuff not getting done. Um, so it, it is a really important thing to be thinking about, um, you know, in, in ourselves and then in our organization yes. as well. Oh, absolutely, like yeah. an organizational oh, stance on burnout or the conversations being transparent as we're having them now. Because if you don't feel like your organization, your employer supports these kinds of conversations and the vulnerabilities of "Hey, I, I feel overwhelmed," um, then that's a that's a different part of the discussion. Alicia, that's it for this month. We'll catch you back in December. Okay, great. Thank you very much for having me, as always. Thank you. We always appreciate these conversations. Alicia, you're yeah, I'm working on that office. Cancun, mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
Not he's just for <laughs> HR. Yardley joining us from our HR department here at AMI, and she comes on once a month. In a moment, we'll wrap up the show. We'll see what's happening on uh, Now with Dave Brown, their show on at 9 a.m. in the morning. And we have our closing moment and tell you a little bit about what the Thursday edition of our show will be after this. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.